non-politically civic, humorously serious, tell it like it is, refined, unfiltered, uncommonly regular podcast you've never heard. About to go on a verbal voyage to the deep end of the philosophical pool of life. Discussing insights, headlines, history, struggles, and victories from two guys who just might change your perspective or even confirm it. Mixing in some laughs along the way because none of us are getting out alive. Anderson Effect, Season 1. Episode 4. What I'd really like to see dialogue about and and get some understanding to uh, of other people's perspective, really three things. If Martin Luther King Jr. came back today and Malcolm X came back today, how, how would they feel about the evolution and progress of, of race relations in the United States? Secondly, if I were to ask 20 people arbitrarily of, of every background, skin color, and heritage, what they thought about racism and did it still exist today and was it better or worse or about the same as it was 60 years ago what do they think uh, and, and then finally the the overarching question is uh, are we focusing on too narrow of a view should we be more concerned about prejudice and bias in this country that creates an unlevel playing field and a steeper slope for some people to have to climb just to get to neutral. And welcome to episode four of the Anderson Pet. That's quite a way to start it. I'm Joseph. And I'm Derek. And we're gonna try to skim the surface of those three questions. I like the, those three questions and that's because, welcome to Black History Month. We're in the middle of it. Uh, I like to celebrate it. I don't know why I like to celebrate it. Maybe it's because I like uh, history. Maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, I, I know for me, I, I think it. I think Black History Month has been important uh, for a lot of reasons. And I mean, for me, uh, there's a lot of people that you can admire uh, historically that were black. I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about Harriet Tubman and it, being a being a documentary. And history nut, uh, I mean, I found what she did with the Underground Railroad and and, and the fact that from what I've read and researched, uh, she could not, she couldn't write mm-hmm. or read, mm-hmm. but she was able to motivate people to follow her. This this woman who could say, "Hey, trust me, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to freedom." Uh, there was one story I saw in, in a in a documentary about her where she convinced a steamboat captain or a riverboat captain to drop her off at a pick her up, drop her off at a plantation where she met with all the slaves that never had never seen her before mm-hmm. and convinced them to go to Canada on foot. That salesmanship is right. I mean, I mean the persuasiveness of that is is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to speak candidly, like I don't know a ton about Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. I, I know who Frederick Douglass was, but but the reason I reference him is I, I think he has one of the greatest quotes of all time because it's applicable across the board. Mm-hmm. There can be no progress without struggle, mm-hmm. and, and I firmly believe that uh, about everything. And uh, and I use it all the time. 
So because it's true, it, because there's nothing truer than that, no. in my opinion, and uh, and so yeah, I, th- I think there's that. I mean, there's there's far more subtle things in history uh, to associate with with black people, and you know, I, I think of Jackie Robinson, right? First first black major league ball player. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, help. You know, it, it definitely helped in major league baseball, but I mean, it it sent a message across the country mm-hmm. that hey we you know black people should should be considered for the same jobs as everybody else mm-hmm. um and i mean the list goes on and on i mean I, I'm, a, I'm a big quote guy i use quotes all the time you'll hear me you'll hear me today use a ton of quotes and and i don't know that there's two more quote worthy people in history than martin luther king and and malcolm x mm-hmm. i mean I, I mean those guys i mean i could all day long. I could sit here all day and just have a show about quotes and, and sit here and read quotes from those guys that some people may not even realize originated with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think Black History Month, I'm, I'm going to say something that might be a little out of both sides of my mouth, but I think Black History Month has been important because as generations of, of, of kids are being educated, I, I, feel, I feel like it's important that all children get that uh, get that opportunity to have some emphasis on uh, on that because I mean you know let's face it our uh, our forefathers who founded this country and and who broke away from the English I mean they were all white guys I get it uh, so so let's make sure we we have an opportunity to shed some light on other people who who of different background heritage who had a huge contribution. To shaping this country. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was listening to a. I was recommended to listen to a podcast with someone, uh, Daryl Davis. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard. I do about him, and he's got an interesting take on Black History Month. And I can't say that I disagree with what he has to say. Black, there shouldn't be a Black History Month. That's what I was. That was mm-hmm. going to be the yin to my yang mm-hmm. on that one. Yeah, I got your yang. Yeah, you're you're or you're. You're Yang because you're the Yang. That's right. But it's American history. Right. It's not just one culture's history. And to his point, he says, uh, February comes around, you learn about the same four or five black people. And then it's the end of the month. Short, right. short month, you know. And then hey, you hey, move on. Hey, hey. We show roots too. Yeah, we'll show, I, we'll, we'll, yeah, uh, roots a, will air. Yeah, that's fine. That's and, right. And I watched it every year it aired. But then it the month's over, so Black History is over, and then come next year, the following year, you're learning about the same five people. It's like Black History Month. Here's the same five people, and it's like as and we can go back and share the uh, link to that podcast so everybody can get a full context of what, context of what was said. But it's like those are the only five black people that did anything, and that. It, it does paint a extreme, highly biased picture. For sure. That that's hard to overcome. Well, and for but me, it's got to be a discussion. Well, there's got to be a discussion. And, and for me, I think I think it's a couple things. One, right? I mean, I mean, I just think about if, if you think about modern history. I mean, if you're covering Black History Month and you don't include guys like Colin Powell, mm-hmm. you're missing the boat, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, and then the other thing that I think we'll really delve into today, and part of 
what my concern is, is why aren't we just integrating all people of historical reference mm -hmm. into classes of history? Mm -hmm. uh, because by doing what we're doing, I, I really feel like we're somewhat still saying that there's a separation, mm -hmm. right? Uh, number one, we I mean, we don't do Hispanic History Month. No, we don't. So does that mean Hispanics don't rate? Okay. Right? We don't do that. We're, we're certainly not going to do White History Month because there would be some argument that all history is white history okay, in the United States. We're doing that already. Right, right. So... Uh, you so, don't have Asian American, right. Asian history. Exactly. We, we don't we don't call out anybody else, no. and, and and so. But but to to not not any other group has been declassified as humans to the extent that black people in America had for the amount of time. I sure the Asian Americans were or Asians were put in their own camps. Right. Um, we all we all know about that wall that right. is what but for a a length of time and this is why it's going to be a touchy of of a challenging episode a challenging couple of episodes guys i think this is going to run over but i'm we're going to say some stuff and that stuff is not is probably not going to be agreeable to certain ears uh but we're not we don't want to steer away from that stuff well i Here's the thing, too, for me. Uh, part of the reason I wanted to do this show, this uh, this show, the in series, terms of or just this the show, podcast, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, not not this. Specific Where are we episode. going, Derek? We're going on a trip, baby. We're going on a voyage, and I'm, and I'm trying to. Here, here's my thing, and my overall philosophy on life. If if I can, if I can get one person to change the way they think in a manner that's positive and constructive. Mm -hmm then I'll feel like this show was worthy. Mm -hmm. This show being the Anderson Effect. And part of and part of the Anderson Effect is just just look at it from somebody's perspective. I mean we got we got and, and you'll grow to learn about us as, as this podcast progresses. But I mean you got two guys sitting here across the table from one another, vastly different backgrounds, mm -hmm. um, but who share a lot of common thought and and belief uh, and who, quite frankly, even on the things we don't agree on, we still respect one another. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I would love to see in this country in general about everything. And so, no, I don't, I, I'm confident that I can't change everyone's mind mm -hmm. in, in a couple of hours. But, but what I can hope to do is potentially show my perspective on things. And if that plants a seed to help change other people's thought process and, and and change that thought process to be more receptive and to change their outlook on how they approach their problems in life, then I've done something. It's evolution. Yeah, for sure. It's it's it, We didn't get to where we are today overnight, mm -hmm. and we're not going to get to a better place overnight. You know, life is all about trying to make it a little better every day mm -hmm. and build from that until you get some significant piece down the road and you can look back and go, man, we're a lot better off today than we were a year ago, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and that's Progress. all I want to see. And, and I think that's another reason for me why when we talked about having the show that I wanted to do it because 
again, one person's opinion, one person's perspective. Like, I feel like we've maybe taken a slight step back. We as in the human race? Or we, uh, as we, as in, we as in people and our prejudices. Mm -hmm. Like, somehow we've taken a step back. And, and that's alarming for me. Like, I, I feel like it's de-evolving a little mm -hmm. bit. And, that, and, and again, I want to be very clear that uh, you'll see that, for me, my concern is not just uh, white and black relations, but that that relationship epitomizes what worries me about where we're headed. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not the only relationship that is headed in a challenging direction. Right, for sure. But it's front page news because it's front page news. Well, and to, well, and to your point, that, that conflict has been around the longest. It has. Right? So, I mean, I get, so for me, yeah, I mean, that gets it because... Well, that the, conflict started on a roughy, a, a rocky terrain to begin with. Yeah. Like, why were black people brought to America? Right, right. Hmm. That's right. Yeah. How so, were black people brought to America? Right. What was the stipulations for black people to stay in America? Right. That's right. So, yeah. So, so it's been around the longest. And so you would expect we'd have made the most progress on mm -hmm. that, right? And, and I don't know that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, and before we get super deep into this you know i'm a guy that thinks pretty in a pretty linear fashion mm -hmm. and, and and tries to be able to rationalize things in my mind so i really want to preempt everything today by by making sure people understand where my head's at my assumptions and my fundamental logic uh and it's really pretty simple one and i've said this before i truly subscribe to the fact that most people want to do good and they want to be good Meaning, I think, for the most part, most people have good intentions. Now, I also acknowledge that there's people that aren't in that boat, but that most people are. I would also tell you that racism and prejudice of all kinds is a learned behavior and not something that you're hardwired with at birth. I, I just don't think that's true. I think you learn that through your through your experiences, your upbringing, and, and how you're exposed to stereotypes by the media. Uh, I think it can be unlearned. If, if it's learned, it can be unlearned through analysis and, and a desire to be better. And I think it's super important that it's almost like we need a reset where people get the correct facts and education so that we're not basing our understanding of others on flawed, quote-unquote, facts. Mm -hmm. uh, Second-hand info. Right. And just, well, just bad information. Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and finally, uh, I can't say this enough because I think this is where I start today and this is where I'll finish when we wrap this thing up. Hate and violence is not the answer. The only thing that's going to work, the only thing that's going to work is love and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and I want to, and, and before anybody just switches off this podcast, because they're like, man, I don't, I don't subscribe to this. I don't believe you for whatever reason. The very essence of, of Black History Month was one of the reasons I wanted to put this little preamble together. What's the essence? Uh because you think about, I can't tell you growing up and even recent times, uh, I would hear people say, how are you going to make Black History Month the shortest month of the year? You got 12 months and you pick the one with 28 days to be Black History Month. Mm -hmm. 
And I did, you know, shame on me. I didn't think enough about it for a long time to to do any research on it. I, I just kind of shook it off as, man, whoever figured this out, whatever, however, as a country, we came up with this, we probably should have thought that through a little deeper because that's all I ever heard was, man, even, even in putting this thing together, we've gotten slighted because Black History Month's the shortest month of the year. You, you know, what's the odds that they arbitrarily picked the one out of 12 months that's the shortest to, to be the month we recognize Black History? Well, then uh, my wife being a big history nut and, and just talking about it, well, what I came to realize is that was intentional because Abraham Lincoln's birthday was in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harriet Tubman's birthday was in February. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Frederick Douglass's birthday mm-hmm. was in February. So it pays homage to those guys. Mm-hmm. So what kind of became a running joke, if you, if you paid attention for a long time, kind of perpetuated hostility in my mind. But if we do our research, we realized it was really out of respect that, that February became Black History Month. Honoring three big names that had a, three big hands in bringing us to where we eventually are, right? That's right. right, right. That's right. That's right. right. Well, I like those three points. I like the, the assumptions of fundamental logic. And fundamentally, where I'm coming from is, I think I said it in episode two, just where I'm from where I'm from, how I grew up, but sure there was color and my dad was, he was born in the late 20s. So he firsthand experienced all that. He's from North Carolina, lived in Massachusetts. He lived all over the place. So he experienced a lot of that. He's got pictures, family reunion pictures. I just get mental pictures of them. And they have that ancient, that 20s quality to it. And it just, it really sets the tone. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I have that history. I heard, heard those stories. But then I'd have to walk out my door and I didn't see too many other kids with the same tan as I had. So I was like, well, these are the kids I got to play with. Then this this is what I'm gonna, this is where I am. So we're just gonna do what we do. So for me, it's not even, race isn't even the question, like how do we solve the race problem? For me, it's a, how do we change our minds to see what the race problem is? Is those divisions, whether it's, economic, the color of skin, the religion, and that's, we'll probably get, get into that in a future episode, but we have human beings, the race of human beings, why do we have to draw, draw so many lines? Why does everything have to have its box, including people? Why can't people just be people? Right. And to, like you said, if, if, if you somehow stuck around and kept listening, and now you want to turn off the podcast because you're... I, you're not about that. Another reason that we that I wanted to be a part of the Interesting Effect was conversation. I need to be, hear more sides of the coin. Like, there's not one or two sides to a story. Uh, there's infinite sides because there's infinite number of people it's, that have lived. Yeah, it's not a coin. It's a Dungeons and Dragons it is. dice. It is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's multifaceted. And that's, you know, you, you kind of lead me right down the, the path of where I was going. And that's you know, you talked about your childhood, and my childhood was kind of definitely on the other side of that die, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, I grew up in a in a not great part of town. We we weren't dirt poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't on the wrong side of the tracks, 
but you could definitely see those tracks from where we lived. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a lot, but uh, we kept the lights on. We had a house. We had one car that mom and dad had to share. Uh, we got one new pair of shoes every year for to start school with, and you better make them last. And, uh, you know, some nights uh, dinner wasn't as great as other nights, mm-hmm. uh, but we but we didn't suffer, mm-hmm. I would say. But but I knew kids who did. I knew kids that lived in the projects. I knew kids that my, if mom and dad ran out of milk and they didn't have any more money, they were putting water in the bowl for with the cereal. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I never. And as as we grew up and we and we hung out together, our conversations were never about man, you're white and I'm black or or anything like that. It was. Man, we want to have what these rich people have got. Mm-hmm. We want to have some money. We want to be able to do things, and and we and more importantly than that, as you know, it's a, it was a different time. So we, you know, we walked everywhere and, and went everywhere. We just wanted to not be looked at like trash, mm-hmm. right? We didn't want to be looked at as as poor and and, and uh, you know, I mean. When I walked by people, they were just as scared. I was going to jerk their purse as they were anybody else uh, because of, you know, I didn't have name brand clothes. I didn't have things that other people had. Well, we had things. We didn't have a lot of things, but we did have things. And I I don't know if you have you ever seen the show Blackish? Oh, yeah. Okay. I never really watched it because we don't really watch primetime TV. Right. Except The Walking Dead on repeat. But what an unmerciful plug that was. Well, you know, we're please note we're all about please note Walking Dead does not sponsor this show. Yet. <laughs> but I saw an interview with Anthony Anderson and heard the basis for that show and I'm me growing up would be like Anthony Anderson's son. I would I would oh, be right. Anthony Anderson like second generation mm-hmm. suburbia right where we're going out and we're like we just don't, what are we not the n-word why are they saying that word if it's so bad right so i i understand it now because i'm an adult and i have had the resources to find the stuff there's another thing that I, resources where are the resources but anyway i have the resources now to be educated on what things mean so i can understand why the n-word is used but clearly i don't use it because i'm that second generation suburbia i don't understand what the color problem is but at the same time i had the dad who went through it so he could tell me which was like a polar opposite from what i was experiencing going out but then when it when you're presented with those lines you have money i don't you're black i'm white you're different i'm not it i'm the confused kid well why Right. I just want to have a conversation with why and how did you get to that train of thought, that spot in your train of thought. You're talking about the kids who, when they ran out of milk, they put water in it. When I heard about that, like, well, I'd, why would they put water in it? Why can't they just go get more milk? They didn't have the resources right. to do that. That's right. So instead of me going, well, that's silly, I would, me and my little brother, we'd put water in our cereal just to... Like, I guess this is what black people do. <laughs> so we'll do that knowing full well that we had milk. We didn't, um, again, we were that second generation suburbia blackish family. Right. So our culture was a little bit different. Our, our upbringing was a little bit different with strong 
direct ties to the the roots of segregation. Right. Well, so that's yeah, yeah, I get that, and, mm-hmm. and I think uh, you know, for us, it was a little different because you know, even as kids, we were very, um, very much exposed to the perpetuation of that dividing line between the haves and the have nots. Mm-hmm. You know, my my friends and I all knew, or or at least thought we knew at 10, 12, 14 years old, the people that have it want to keep it. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where our struggle was. Our struggle was we're all trying to get to where we we don't have to worry about how much milk's left in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't asking to hit the lottery and become rich. Mm-hmm. We were just asking, man, we just want the milk for the bowl. Like mm-hmm. we you know, and, and in our mind, the haves were making sure we didn't get that. And so there was a lot of animosity, a lot of hostility. Uh, and and when you talk about resources, you know, I think no matter how that division looks, what the division is, you got two choices. You can wallow in, in that ignorance. preconceived bias and ignorance and, and just kind of seethe in that anger and kind of live this self-fulfilling life mm-hmm. or, or, or this uh, this kind of self-prophetic life. Or you can say, you know what? I'm getting off this train. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be a have. And, and, you know, and that's what, you know, best part about the friends I had and have to this day is that was our deal. We were going to have mm-hmm. and we were going to help each other. If, if we all couldn't get there on our own, we were going to get there together. Mm-hmm. And, and to this day, we'll talk about people that I've known, you know, 30, 40 years. We still talk about it. And, and we still feel that way. If one of us is struggling, the other one's going to pick us up. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just how it works. Um, we don't, you know, necessarily have any contempt for the for the haves. We, we just knew that we wanted to have, if for no other reason, to show the haves that they weren't going to keep it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why uh, it leads me to, to this question. Is race really the problem? Well, do we want to define what race is before we go into uh, is yeah, race the Yeah, sure. That's, that's fair. So and what is race? So for what is racism or what is race? What is race? So race for me, uh, and again, I'm not a, I don't have a degree. I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to stop trying to qualify your. Well, 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 I, well, I do because I don't, I don't want to come off. You've like already expert. qualified it, but you've I, already qualified. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wanted people to understand. They know that, we're not that experts. I'm speaking from experience, yeah, right? They know we're not experts. So we, we've done no, yeah, university. Right, right. They we got that. no formal education None. in this. Right. There's no plaques on the right, wall. That's right. So now we're just going to keep rolling. Okay, that's fair. Roll it. So, uh, in my mind, race is. I I, I kind of think that's synonymous with heritage, right? So, you know, there's race of black people that you would call them African-Americans because in theory they have the roots of that race is in Africa. You've got the white race, which is really more so generated from European descent. Uh, But you've got Asians, right? So you Hispanics. So you've got this heritage of culture um, that is defined. Uh, and in my mind, that's what race looks like. Now, the great question for me is to flip that around and say, how do you look at race? What do you think race looks like? Well, I had to go to the the 
technical definition for it because everybody has a different. So you cheated is what you said. You yeah, I cheated. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I did the studious thing because I'm going for that plaque on the wall nice. so Gold that star. I can be an expert. Gold star. But I looked it up first and it says a race is a grouping of humans based on shared physical or social qualities in the categories general, generally viewed as distinct by society. Pre, predetermined lines. But growing up, race was taught to me in sociology class in the specific class designed in high school to extend African American History Month, Black History Month, into a full-on course. Right. We, race is, we are the human race. So we are a race of people because we all have noses, we all have eyes, we all have ears, we all have fingers. Right. We all have these things that categorize us as a separate entity on this planet. Then you dip down into ethnicity. So then there, there's the next level for my right. teaching my upbringing. Right, right. Is the ethnicity is what the culture says this group of people have in common. In general, black folks have curly hair, dark hair, dark features, dark eyes. So in, they eat this kind of food. They like this kind of music. So it got broken down into that sort of thing instead of there's a white race, there's a black race. there's a, But that's because of all the classes. I, I was a questioning kid. Sure. Why was my dad hated so much? Why did they treat him like this? Why is my, was my younger brother treated a certain way? Why did that person just call me that word? Why? I just want to know why. So I sought out all those classes. The, that's the resources I was talking about. You mm -hmm. could either do woodworking or you could take the special class for the semester. Like cultural the, diversity. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to know about the cultural diversity. That's just what interests me in the differences between people. So I come from that. That's the field that I'm playing on. Sure. We're all one race with different category, categorizations of ethnicity, culture, whatever society says. Sure. And I, and I think. So that, 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 that would be my fundamental where my fundamental schism between all these people have come from. Well, and that's interesting for me because I think Webster is probably right. You know, Webster and his de and and that definition of race is is pretty spot on. Mm -hmm. Human race, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so for me, it's interesting that then we we define the conflicts that we see between people of different, primarily physical. Differences. You can say race. You can say race. That's fine. Well, no, no. But what I'm saying is, it's interesting that we, I think you and I can agree that that, that definition of race is right. There's a human race because we all have mm -hmm. certain things, noses, eyes, mm -hmm. whatever. Because I take things literal. Right, right. So for, for me, then that is even more interesting because how did, how did this thing become categorized as racism then? Right? Yeah. But how, did, yeah. how did that happen? Exactly. Because that's, that's, a, that's a misnomer. It is. That, 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 it's a misnomer. Going off of that literal definition, yes. Right. And I think if we can agree that, uh, that, that we, just like we agree that race is defined, as you put it, then, but racism is truly, when people say someone's a racist or someone, mm -hmm. or there's racism, I, right, wrong, or indifferent, that's that's really saying uh, there's prejudices between black people and white people, right? And that I had that question too. What's bigotry? If racism yeah. is the the big umbrella, then why is there bigotry? Right. What's bigotry? So then right. I found out with bigotry, it was like that sounds like the same thing as what racism 
should yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it, of that literal right. taking. Just wanting to understand literally what are we doing so I know where I fit in. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, and, and that's what brings me to my next point. If if racism is a thing, which mm-hmm. it is, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say it's not. I'm not going to change it. It, it, it is for sure thing. is, yeah. right? It for sure is. It, it's really, it's really not, it, it, it can't be the thing because as you, the one thing you can say as we talk about trying to have some understanding of is race relations, black and white relations, are, are those things better today than they were in the 60s? Uh-huh. Well, at a very high level, I think you have to say yes, because you see uh, people of different skin types and heritages marrying, uh-huh. right? Having kids. Uh-huh. Uh it's not like it was in the 50s and 60s where... You can't go to jail and get hung for it now. Right. Uh-huh. Well, at least not. They can't use that as the charge. Uh-huh. I think some people would tell you in certain parts of the country, you may face some persecution. They'll right. just use a different reason for we're, it. We're talking about right. literally the police would say... That's right. You've hey, broken the law. You are going to get... Yeah, that's right. That's the end of your time on this planet because you're... That's not happening it, That's a violation. Yeah. Right. But but to my point, so I say... I talk about that. Oh, how, how, can, how can there be racism? racism anymore because you're seeing different heritages mm-hmm. um, come together and it, it's, it truly is creating one mm-hmm. um, you know my wife is a big uh, all about you know fitting into the little tube and getting the results back about oh you're five Spanish you're mm-hmm. 20 this and, and that and that part of what made me think about this I think we're, we're moving away from nobody's nobody's genetic 100 percent anything nope. no, there's no absolute black absolute white absolute Chinese absolute anything not in this country right I mean there's a uh, it's a true melting pot of people mm-hmm. um and, and so consequently how can you be racist today yeah. because what are you going to say I hate all people that are at least 35% black. I mean, how, if you've got to be... How do you figure that out? I yeah. mean, are, are, is everybody going to take a, a genetic class so mm-hmm. they can, like, do their own Ancestry.com and mm-hmm. wear it like a T-shirt? Mm-hmm. I mean... I am. Right. That's just silly. I mean, everybody going to have to wear a pie chart that shows where their origins come from? I was, that, hope not. They that, did that They did that in World War II, and that was with a star. Right. That's yeah, right. We don't... We, we don't all know, know how that worked out. Yeah, yeah, not uh, so well. So, and that's my point, you know, because, you know, again, back to my wife, it, you know, she's she's big into that ancestry stuff. She likes to see, oh, look, you know, in 1884, I had people come over from England, blah, 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 and, and that's that's why my family's here. And, and i got to be honest with you, I just don't care. I, I don't care. I, I came, on any level? On any, I, the closest I come to caring is I came from Shively, Kentucky. You don't care where you I, came from. I grew up that. on Sunflower Avenue, mm-hmm. 40216. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, because I don't believe that any of that, whether my great, 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 great grandfather came from Germany or Spain or the dark side of the moon it is really not relevant to who I am today. Now, my upbringing from my mom and dad, that's relevant. Uh-huh. Uh, the experiences I face daily, and especially during my formative years, that's relevant. Uh-huh. But I, I, don't, I don't know what my background is genetically because I don't think it makes me or defines me as a person. Uh-huh. Uh, because, again, because of my upbringing, we didn't sit around and talk about Oh, you know, your great grandfather came over on the Nina or you know whatever. I mean, I you know I just don't I don't care. 
um, because it, it because here's the thing I don't think I get any merit from my history just like if your dad or your grandfather was a serial killer I'm not gonna hold any ill will against you because your grandfather was a serial killer because I don't think that means you're predisposed to be a serial killer. Well, what if your grand, my grandfather was a serial killer that killed your grand aunt? That was between them. I mean, I, you know, like the Hatfields and McCoys, man. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand those things. I, I don't understand. Do you want to? No. Because, no. Okay. Because I think in your example and in my example, so your grandfather kills my grand aunt mm-hmm. or the Hatfields and McCoys. If you go back to my fundamental thought, hate and violence is not the solution. So why why am I perpetuating that hate and violence by having some grudge against you for something you had no control over? Wouldn't you want to know? What is there any I, I, part well, of you that would want to know why, why no, did that because, happen? No, because I would counter I would counter that the only thing knowing that does for me is potentially if I'm not mentally and emotionally strong enough could take my opinion of you and that's not fair that's so that's, you're saying that uh, on that majority of the problems we have is because people shouldn't want to know we shouldn't want to uh, dig think, into the well, past think, to know where well, we're going well, uh, well so uh, let's let's put a finer point on that and let's let's expound on that so here's the thing. If you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it, right? We all heard that a million times. But but my interpretation of that is I need to know, specifically around our topics today, I need to know that we, as in the United States, made a decision to, ha- to have legal slavery at a point in our history. Mm-hmm. And that was wrong. And that was bad. Mm-hmm. And we should learn from that. And we should be cognizant of that. However, I'm I'm going to say, and, and and I can only say this from my perspective, and, and I'm very curious to hear what yours is, I can't control anything about what my great-great-great-great-grandfathers and my ancestors did, right? Mm-hmm. And so consequently, I would hope no one would hold that against, because I, 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 didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't have any say or contribution into that. And and on the flip side of that, I would hope people that are descendants of slaves, do they need to know that and understand that if they want to? Certainly. But I but my worry or concern is I don't want to see anybody take anything that happened that long ago and have that perpetuate animosity toward anybody else. But it is. So how ha- so to really end racism, though, aren't you going to have, at some point, don't you have to have, like, the symbolic apology that basically says, listen. Who's apologizing? If that person, well, if, well, if. No, nobody's left that can apologize for those actions, right? Well, They're then who, who, who's going to do it? Well, that's, that's my whole point. You're, I don't know if you ever get, potentially, the closure you would like from that, because there's no one left to do it. Because even if, even if somehow... Somebody could say, hey, we would, you know, I am representing everyone that owned slaves previously. We're sorry for that. I, I, I don't know that that fixes anything. Well, it's, you know what it, I mean? I don't think it fixes everything. 
I don't think it fixes anything that was done between those two parties. What I do, when I'm saying it is still happening, example would be that LA 92 documentary that we watched. Right. It starts in one decade. They ask a question, how do we stop this? Will it ever stop? And then fast forward three decades and the same event in the same city with the same responses from basically everybody involved. Like what was neat is you could overlay 92 with what happened in Watts. Right. And they were saying the exact same things. So a new generation, new understanding, if we're going to, it goes back to Black History Month. It's based off of, well, here's a group of people that were brought to a country to do a service for less than what human beings should be compensated. In fact, they're not human beings. So we're going to do that for 400, oh, 500 technically years. they weren't even compensated, right? They weren't. Right. I but mean, there was what, no compensation. Th that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Here's the expectation. Do a service, get compensated. Here's the reality. You're right. less than human, so you don't get anything. But if you do that for years and years and years, and you start the the annual monthly conversation of Black History Month started with this evil. It doesn't matter how many months for years to come, the new the next generation is going to hear this story. Well, it started bad, so uh well, who who made up for it? Well, that's why you have this month. But I don't feel like I it that does nothing for my ancestors. Who's gonna how are we making up for that? Well, we already made up for that. You're in the it's an ongoing conversation. So well, racism, but, I mean, but, ever... but racism doesn't stop because more humans are going to be made. So there's more stories that are going to be heard, more stories that are going to be made, more history that's repeating itself because no one's answering that fundamental question. Why are we doing this? Well, no, but so that's where I get confused, right? Because number one, how do you ever? You don't. The I mean, there's, is there's no don't. way to ever quantify a means to balance that scale, right? Like, and, the, the, and that's the that you're. We keep asking the same question: Is race a problem? Yes, it is. How do we fix that problem? We keep living like. What I hear you saying is, I can't do anything about the past. I'm not even concerned about the distant, distant past because I had nothing to do with it. Right. I can't do anything to make up for it. I was born on a street named after a flower. That's that's where I came into this world. Right. So I can only go from where I came into this world right. forward. I can only affect change here now. In, in the forward. Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I can't do anything. You know, we talked about We can hear about people's past. Right, but, for sure. Hey, that's back there. Yeah, I mean I can't I can't be accountable for that, right? I, mm -hmm. I can't be that can't be on me. But at the same time, it's somebody's got to bring it to the fore, and that. Well, 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 now that's that, but see, that's a that's a statement I don't know is true. Because, well, I mean, because think about Malcolm. this. We're well, going well, to Malcolm. Well, well, think about this though. Think about this. The very first show we had, uh, we talked about how Kobe's untimely passing, and how we both agreed that we thought uh, it was inappropriate that people brought up accusations of infidelity and rape that were 17 years old because if you keep you can never heal if you keep picking at that scab and this but this is a scab that keeps getting picked at this so how do we stop picking at it though how, how stop does that happen stop procreating 
stop creating the next generation? Well, see, but that's not. So there. It, it's got to be a. It, it's got to be a uh, a feasible, realistic solution. Right. I mean, my thought is that's not feasible or realistic. I, I mean, not, well, it so, worked for Hitler for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and we see how that ended. Yeah, no, we did. Right. Uh, Horribly for right, everybody. Right, right. But we're. St- but I mean, there. Uh, someone thought it was important enough to make a museum where you can go and you can physically in, in this country. We're because we're Americans. In this country, you can go to the Holocaust Museum and see firsthand, or well, not firsthand, you see what was happening. Mm-hmm. You have no idea that that's happening until you see it. If that museum's not there, then it's relegated to the history class. Right. If it's relegated to history class, then it's the same lesson every year. New fifth graders, they need to know what happened in Auschwitz. Well, but... It just keeps repeating itself because you keep informing... I think what the missing piece is, is helping people move to the next, the, the next level of that happened. How do we move forward? I want to answer the question. I want to keep asking the right. same question. Right, right. Well, but I guess my thing is people have to want to move forward too, mm-hmm. right? So I think about like, like, let's think about like, let's say there's infidelity in marriage and the only way that marriage survives that is if the person who uh, got cheated on is willing to put that behind them and move forward. But tell, but think about how many people you know that run into scenarios like this. So there's infidelity, and let's assume the man was unfaithful, and and it comes out that he was unfaithful. There's a whole lot of conflict. There's a whole lot of issues, but ultimately. They sit down and say, we're going to work this out. We're going to move forward. Tell me about, think about how many people you know where a year down the road, two years down the road, the man forgets to take out the trash and the woman's like, whether it's to him or just in her mind, says, well, you didn't take that trash out because you cheated on me. Well, yeah, but. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that goes to the thing right before you ask that question. Why do you keep asking that same question? Or why do you keep coming to that same that same point? Because there's nobody in a place or a position to say, yes, you're there. This is how you move out of there. These are options that, like you're saying, you have two choices. Everybody has a choice. I've been telling my son that a lot lately. Every day, everybody has infinite number of choices. You can either choose to do what's better for yourself and the people around you, or you can keep making the same choice that gives you to, brings you the result that you don't like. So, I, so the, and that's what's interesting to me because. But my son wouldn't. My son wouldn't get there. He wouldn't understand that that's an option. That he has those options unless somebody on the outside is saying, "Here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I can do to help." That's what I mean by someone pointing out what's going on, like Malcolm. Well, so, here, but but here's what I just heard, and and, and I just want to understand if what I thought I heard is what you really meant, because it's I think it's part of what I'm saying too, and that is. There really has to be as much onus on black people to want to move forward as there is on white people to to try to make that path available. Open the lines of communication so that both sides can be heard fully. But so what's and again, I mean, I want you to understand. I'm, I'm asking this because I don't know, and I and I want to hear somebody else's perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, nobody, there's not been a lot of people in my life that wanted to have a 
a very clear conversation around this. Mm-hmm. But but what's left to talk about? I mean, what's what, left to talk about is why why if we've made so much progress, do I as a black man still have certain things done? Let me I, I need to say something beforehand. I'm not your average black experience. I'm not I don't I'm not in situations where I could be hassled very mm-hmm. often. Right. I always with my kids. I'm always with Julie. Uh I am very very homebody. All right. I, I yeah, yeah, love I hang. So I'm I mean I'm not going to get I'm not going to get somebody breaking into my house shooting me because they thought that I was on their couch. It, I don't I'm not I don't travel that way. Mm-hmm. So my answer is going to be cataclysmically different than somebody who is on the front lines of race relations. So and who would that person be like? Who would that look like? Someone who's more political than me. I, I'm i just like you. I was born on Sorrento. I, I was born and grew up on Sorrento Avenue. Right. That's one little street that had one very big uh, name basketball player come from it. Who was that? Allen Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. He broke my basketball goal. Oh, okay. He, he came down and played one-on-one against my older brother and appropriately made him look silly. My right. brother played soccer. As he, he should. Played, right. And he broke our basketball. He, right. he right. shacked our basketball goal. Right. Was I mad? No. Allen Houston just right. dunked on my goal. Right. So that's where I'm from. My dad went through some stuff. I would, I, Whoever did that to him, why did you do that? But beyond that, like we would watch Roots every year. And I guess in my in my house, it that was the standard. That was the standard that was set. You, you educate yourself. You get the information so you know where you came from so that you can have some pride in who you are leading into the future. Mm-hmm. When I saw how much recent, like I, when I when I saw the physical copy of Roots, it's like, I don't have time for that. I'm still trying to beat, I need to beat Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. I'm, I'm still, Robotnik is still getting me. Can you get Alex Haley can on we, the phone can we just have him give me like the Oh, I can words? watch the show? Sweet. Right. So, um, but that was the culture in my house. Get educated so you know who you are, where you came from, and where you're going. So you have a better understanding of why you're on this planet. To contribute more. Right. I rebelled against that. I was like, I, one, I don't have time for that. Two, I don't care. So even today, I'm not the person to ask that kind of that what what's left to apologize about. Mm-hmm. For me, it's. I mean, for me, I guess the way I look at it, and not that, and, way. and I hope I don't offend anybody when I say this, but our goal is not to offend anyone. Yeah, so just sure. yeah. we'll repeat that over and over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the question I gotta ask is, you know what. What do we do not to, to to not make everything turn into a race issue? And, and what do we do? Because what I look at is, and, and I think you touched on it early on about, you know, there's been no other prejudice to the scale, scope, and, uh-uh. and time of, of, of the persecution of black people. And I, and I get that. But I don't know that, I don't know that it's any different in terms of magnitude of hate than than what you see with poor people versus rich people than what you see it's with, us versus them with, yeah it's all us versus them right because mm-hmm. i mean that's I mean, the I gotta, way they that's the way they look we don't look like right. that i mean I so gotta we've got to be different than I, them I, I don't i'm around because of 
my upbringing and because of where my friends are located in this town and because how involved I am with people of every walk of life, I, I got to tell you, I, I think the, the negative sentiment that you hear toward homosexuals and transgender people is, I mean, I hear more of that now than, than I ever heard, or that I won't say ever heard, more than I hear now about black people. I, I would also say that I probably witness and, and see more, I get quote unquote racism toward Hispanics than I do black people at this point. In what way? How do you mean? Well, uh, so I'll give you an example. Growing up in Shively, Kentucky, right, suburb of, or uh, an area of Louisville close to the West End, we were a very diverse area. A lot of black people, a lot of white people, just a lot of everybody, with not a lot of anything in their pocket. So I would witness things like uh, a place I worked, the manager, if someone came in and wanted to fill out an application, he would tell me, hey, uh, when that person turns that application in, just take a pencil and put a C in the upper right-hand corner of that application. Mm -hmm. now, now, keep in mind, I was like 16, Clean? 17 Clean years old. Clean or dirty? And I said, hey, what, what does that mean? Why, why am I putting that C up there? Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, well, that means clean. Mm-hmm. And then someone else pulled me aside and says, you know what that really means. I was like, no, man, no, I, I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? And he said, that means he's colored. Oh. And I'm like, are, are you for real? Did that just happen? Mm. Uh, so, so that happened. I can, uh, I can tell you again, I was, uh, I was 20. I was in my early 20s. And I went to a liquor store. And I walked in, and I, it was in the south end of Louisville, and I, and I went in, and I said, hey, man, you guys got any St. Ides mm -hmm. malt liquor? Mm -hmm. The dude behind the counter looked at me and said, what did you say? I said, do you have any St. Ides malt liquor? Mm -hmm. And he said, boy, we don't sell that N-word beer around here. Mm -hmm. uh, so in my teens and 20s, I, I mean, I could probably give you two dozen of those examples. Mm -hmm. Easily, just off the cuff. But, and so what I'm saying though now is I see things like a few days ago. Uh, I work now out in uh, the Simpsonville, Shelbyville area. Mm -hmm. I went to the dollar store at lunch to grab me something to drink. I'm in line. There's a Hispanic lady, three, three or four people in front of me. She's got a couple of little kids with her. She puts up some stuff. Looks like it's going to be lunch for the day. Like there was some sandwich meat and some bread. It was like 12 bucks. Gave the guy her card, her debit card, and it declined. All of a sudden, people in front of me and behind me were like, well, I can't believe her card declines. She probably works 12 jobs. Mm -hmm. She's probably getting all kinds of government assistance. Why don't she pull out her food stamp card? Mm -hmm. and, and I pulled out my wallet, mm -hmm. and I said, hey, I'll, I'll get that. Mm -hmm. And I paid for her, her $11 or $12 worth of stuff. Mm -hmm. And and I heard the guy behind me was like, I wouldn't help them. They're not even probably paying taxes. And and when I walked out of the dollar store, that lady was standing there with her kids waiting for me. And she said, hey, 
I really thank you for doing that. Uh-huh. My, I needed that for my kids. Okay, here's a question. Yeah. How do you stop racism? Racism and was there was something that was hor- done horribly wrong, horribly wrong behind you in earshot of the person that is directed to you? For sure. How do you stop racism? Who who's supposed to? Well, it's everybody, right? The answer is everybody. Okay. And the answer is that you know to use a a quote from Martin Luther King that's that I enjoy and I think is what you're driving at is in the end we will not remember. Oh, I'm sorry. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Mm-hmm. So that's very true. And so to your point, should I have probably said, hey, man, shut the F up? Mm-hmm. Sure. I sure should have. But you also have to pick and choose your battles. Exactly. I get, I get that. Right. But like large scale, small scale, whether you're a Martin or a Malcolm or a Derek at the grocery at the dollar store. Right. Who's supposed to apologize in this Hatfield McCoy? Because you weren't the, if you weren't there, the people that were behind you say that to the person in front of you. Now you have that line of division that was created. So this family now knows that family. They hate each other for years and years and years and years and years. Why do we hate each other? Hatfields and McCoys. Because somebody back when didn't. I don't know why we're angry at each other, but I just want to hear you and hear what it is that I can help make well, this. Well, and again, and and. I don't know that I'm necessarily tipping my hand uh, when I say this, uh, because I know we're going to really go back and forth in this conversation around the approach of Martin Luther King and of Malcolm X. Both men that I respect and feel like had some valid viewpoints. But at the end of the day, I'm definitely team MLK uh, because I think love conquers all. I think hate perpetuates hate. And this is where we're going to go back and forth because Malcolm, oh, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we will. It, it, and, and polar, there's always this polarization of this versus that. And in the end, Malcolm was not that. Well, it's far more subtle, mm-hmm. right? It's far more subtle. But I think if you characterize the two and you looked at their upbringings, their, their approaches, mm-hmm. I mean, just by nature, I mean, MLK was a pastor, right? So uh, so his... Malcolm was a pastor, too? Uh, that's true. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can see that. But but think about this. When Their think, messages were different. cataclysmically different for yeah. different reasons. Yeah. So, I mean, you think about, think about some of these. Let us seek not to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitter, bitterness and hatred. Mm-hmm. MLK. I've decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Again, MLK. Mm-hmm. Uh, let no man pull you low enough to hate him. Mm-hmm. MLK. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Mm-hmm. Again, MLK. And things I'm all supportive. And and I'll add my own. It, it It's don't pay attention to what people say. Pay attention to what people do. And that's the bottom line of where what I was getting at is what what's left to apologize for what we see because of the availability of camera cameras everywhere so we see it a a little more a little more than we do a little more today than we did back in the 50s and 60s because you've got more exposure because, a lot more exposure right. and you see a lot more hate crimes because everybody's recording something right instead of step putting the phone down stepping in and using a voice and trying to help the situation, right. I'm just going to record this. 
And then I'll put it up for the world to see how bad right. people really are. And see, I'm way more of an actions guy, right? Like, me too. Yeah. Could, could I could I go could I have been in that store and just said, hey man, you know, people who don't know me, for reference, I'm standing six three, over three hundred pounds, mm -hmm. and feel pretty good about my ability to communicate non-verbally. Yeah, what those knuckles to. can do. Right. I'm pretty. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm pretty okay with that, but I don't like that because that solves nothing. Mm -mm. Uh, so could I just said, Hey guys, just shut up. Mm -hmm. Sure. But instead I felt like showing them that, mm -hmm. Hey, let's, let's pick this person up. Mm -hmm. Not, not criticize them is the way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's my thing. Uh, and it took me a long time to figure that out because mm -hmm. for a long time I thought I could beat people into having the right perspective when all I really do is make them remember the beating. The beating and how angry they are at me for mm -hmm. that. Um, so all I can do, man, is spread positivity. And and I guess that's that's the flip side of that, right? For me, I listen to a guy, and, and you know, we'll probably play some sound clips of his as the show moves forward. But there's a dude I listen to all the time. His name's Eric Thomas. Mm -hmm. He's got a great story. He's uh, He'll talk about how his, his mom tells him up front, my whole family wanted me to have an abortion. They didn't want me to have you. You were going to ruin my life. He talks about how he dropped out of school. He was homeless at 17. Took him like 12 years to get a four-year undergrad degree. But now he's got a, he's got a master's. He's got a PhD. And he's, he's one of the biggest motivational speakers out there. And he uses a term all the time that says, don't be a victim, be a victor. And I think about that in this, right? Don't be a victim, be a victor. And I wonder how applicable that is because as long as, as, long as people are mad about racism and categorically lump everybody into that bucket when something happens, we don't progress either, uh -huh. right? So, so it's got to be, I, I think we have to start because, you know, this is a bad word in America unilaterally right now, but everyone needs to recognize personal accountability. Mm -hmm. Don't, I mean, because for instance, if you and I weren't personal accountability advocates, we couldn't be friends mm -hmm. because every time something bad happened to a black person, you, you'd be just as mad at me as you were somebody else. Mm -hmm. But instead, you're holding that person accountable that did that. You're that's not between them. Yep. Right. That's right. And, and, and that's how everybody has to take those things. You know, I, one of the things that saddens me in this country right now is I don't know how you pay people to be cops right now. I, I don't know who goes to be a cop. Because you can't win. I mean, I have a, a, I grew up with someone that was, a, he, I think he wanted to be a tight end for the 49ers. Mm -hmm. But he also wanted to follow in his dad's footsteps. His dad was a warden. He is a one of those, you know, when there's prison riots mm -hmm. and they call the sort team. Mm -hmm. He was on the sort team. Oh, wow. And the, I mean, you look, you look at this. He's, he's my brother. Right. He from another other. Mm-hmm. Now you look at him, you're like, yeah, yeah, you, you definitely are the type that would do this to get the, I'd like to get his motivations for wanting to do it. Like you said, right. It, that's like signing up to be fired at. Well, at this point, and, and, and not just with what, not, with verbally fired, look at what this person did. Right. Well, I mean, I, and I'll be incredibly transparent. I'm, it's no different for me with cops 
than it is anybody else. There's good ones and there's bad ones. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you right now, as a kid in Shively, in the late 80s, early 90s, I had a reputation. Mm -hmm. And if a police officer saw me in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. I could count on sitting on a curb mm -hmm. while they went through my car. Mm -hmm. I could count on getting pulled over if certain police officers were on duty and they saw me. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I understand that from a, from a lot of angles. But again, what I find frustrating is we've got a group of people, group black people, and again, it's I don't want to be I don't want to be that person either. But we've got a a cross section of black people who basically now have thrown the baby out with the bathwater and think that predominantly all police officers are racist. So it's been that it, not just now it's been that way. Well, for sure. But I think if the police to, to your well right, but to you cop killer right. Mm -hmm. I mean, all those things have happened. But to your point, you you can't. You know, you can't just categorically say something is all bad, right? Mm -hmm. and, and here's the thing: are there are there are there police officers out there that are either not great people, and you know, you talk about motivations to be a police officer. I, I firmly believe there's probably two types. There's the police officer that does it because they want to. They want to be a contributor to making their communities better, mm -hmm. and I think there's the ones that go. I get to carry a gun and lock people up. Mm -hmm. I, I get I, that power. I don't know that there's any surprise to that when I say that. I don't know that's. I don't. I doubt that's a revelation for anybody. But but here's the. But but I also would say sometimes I, I look at it like this. I I really don't care. Well, I know that's that's a lie. I do care. So, but for me, I'm less concerned about which police officer is motivated by which of those things, because. I'm never, if I get pulled over, I'm never going to take my hands off the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to try to film it. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be seen pulling away from a trap house. Mm -hmm. I'll, yeah. mm -hmm. So I don't have to worry about being out in the middle of the night somewhere I shouldn't be and, and having to deal with that. Mm -hmm. So that that's why I don't, I, I don't know if it's fair when we, when, you know, racism gets applied to those scenarios but there are people who do there are people who do go out at midnight there are people who do not keep their hands on the wheel on the wheel because it's not a part of our experience it's not to lessen i'm not saying we're because because it's not a part of our experience we're lessening the experience of those that do go out at, at midnight but that's I a mean, choice can, right it is because i was all, that person but it was all, it's all it's a choice but they're not choosing to go out and get stopped they're choosing to go to a club. They're choosing to go to the grocery store because nobody's there. Right. If they get pulled pulled over and it turns into something that is not that at all, that now I can't go out at midnight because these things are going to happen. Well, but 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 that's not what I'm saying either. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is I was that person, right? I, I in early. Well, why aren't you that person anymore? Because uh, I like to go to bed. I like mm -hmm. to sleep. Okay. Right. Um, my family and my work life is different now. Like okay. I have to be at work. I have to be at work at seven in the morning. So, you know, typically I'm, I'm trying to get to bed mm -hmm. or whatever. So, uh, but what I was going to say is, when I worked second shift, when I was single, when I didn't have kids, I was that person. You know, it was not uncommon for me to get off work at midnight and either 
go to a local bar and have some drinks with my friends, go to the grocery store, pick up some stuff for lunch for the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. But I knew that there's less cars on the road mm -hmm. and cops are going to look for more things at night than they are in the daytime. Mm -hmm. That's just right, wrong, or indifferent. That's what they do. And, and there, there was times where I got, in my opinion, uh, unjustly hassled, right? Like, you know, maybe maybe I reached over to change the radio station, so I swerved. Uh -huh. Well, now some cops pulling me over. Or, or okay, so I had a taillight out. Some cops pulling me over. He's not going to see that in the daytime because my, my taillights aren't but on. That's not even the same thing. You're at night. They can't see into your truck. You have a taillight out. Of course, they're going to pull you over because you're not supposed to be driving with a taillight out. Right, right, right. That's well, not but, the but same what I, thing. But what I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is, you're not going to have those kind of things happen as much during the day as you are at night. You're going to have a, a a few different things going on, but it's still going on. For sure, for sure. So it's, and this is, I'm glad that we're able to have these this conversation, these conversations, because it's going to be that way with some of the. The I'd say the big three: race, religion, and politics. Right, I don't right. care about. Yeah, yeah. Two of the three. Right. No, one of. I don't. Uh, well, I do care. You'll but figure I out that you care about. Uh, them all. I, yeah, I, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. As of right now, it's. Um, it's a challenge because you're coming at it from a totally different vantage point. Yeah, you grew up on the side of the tracks where you could see this the tracks, then you realized I was on. Right. Right. And everything ultimately was green, but when you and I walk into a store, and I go back to this over and over again, I walk into a store. For those that don't know, I have some some locks, some luscious locks on my head. I am the cho DJ Chocolate Muse. Right. I I'm a caramel complected uh, young man, and when I go into a store, and someone in front of me goes into a store, is not that same complexion, it's, hi, how are you doing to the person in front of me? Can I help you find anything to me? Oh, uh, did you just, no, I'm good, but did you ask them if you can help them find something? And because I'm, of the circles that we're in, that's not a, uh, that's not a common topic of conversation. Typically, I'm the only black man in the, in the group, me and my son, Lincoln. But if I'm sitting with a group of predominantly black folks that's they did that to you too yeah i noticed that too i mean it's not we're not i'm not going into a conversation looking to fire ammo well i had ammo I, when i went to the store did you you know what that feels like i'm right. not doing right, that right, at all right, right. but i'm observe i'm a, a ridiculously observant person and i'm not going to go to that cashier and go oh actually why didn't you ask them is it because i'm i don't i don't go that route i try to avoid that route as much as possible, but it still happens. Right. And well, so let's see. That's interesting to me too. Because do you when you go into a store? When you go into a store, do they ask you, follow you around, and say, "Can I help you find something?" Do you notice that? Well, I will tell you this because how you started that question or statement or observation, however you want to put it, would would have generated for me a different answer because you said because what you started to say was if. If me and you walked in somewhere together, but then you said, you know, yeah, I had to change it, it up because if we're walking in together, it's going to be different. Yeah, if it's because, if it's because, if it doesn't look like you and I are together, like you go in and then five seconds later I come in, they don't know that you and I are together. Well, but, but I would tell you this though, for people that don't know you and me, you're very soft spoken, you're mm -hmm. very articulate. Mm -hmm. They don't know I, that I'll, when I'm walking in the store. I'm a, 
I'm a very loud, exuberant. Yeah, don't really care. Don't have much of a filter. Yeah, yeah. And I would, I would tell you that I could easily see people more stereotyping me as a problem than you as a problem if it was just about me and you being there. But the, what I'm saying is they don't know that we're together. They don't know that I'm quiet and you're loud. Right. They think one thing, but they don't know that. So they're operating under that assumption. He's going to, the one in, the one that came in fr- first, he's going to be no problem. I don't have any problem out of their kind. Mm-hmm. But the other one, their kind, they tend to be loud. They tend to be obnoxious. They tend to loiter. They tend to, because of what I saw when I grew up, this is what they Right, right. Them versus us. This is what they do when they come into this store. Why is there a they? Right. So how? That's one of those questions that we're asking. How do we end racism? Them versus us. Why? Why is there that perpetuated them? Right. But you know how. But you know how I look at that, and and how I would potentially counter that is. um, And part of part of what I'm struggling with is. I don't, and I'm thankful of this, I, is I just don't have that bias in me. Like, like I really try to look at everybody as individuals. Uh-huh. Like, like, like everybody's different. And, and, and maybe it's because I've had to work and deal with people just from every walk of life and every background over the years that, that I try to, to go into everything not assuming anything, uh-huh. if I can. So, so uh, you know, I, I, can, I can say that maybe my lack of bias is a bias, if that makes sense. Because my thing is, in your example just now, that, you know, I walk in and you walk in behind me. Nobody knows me or you from Adam. And, the, and whoever's greeting us at the store says, to me, he says, hey, good afternoon, how you doing? And to, the, to you behind me says, is there anything I can help you find? And, and and then let's say, let's say we leave, and you go, man, you said, did you, did you hear her? She she said, she asked you how you were doing, but but she asked me, is there anything I can help you with? And you know what that means? That means she thought I was going to steal something. I would say, well, maybe she just doesn't want to continually, like a parrot, say, hey, good afternoon, how are you? Right? I mean, if. If our sequence of entering the building was reversed and you went in first and I went in second, who's to say it wouldn't have been the same thing? She would have said, hey, good morning or good afternoon. How because are you? Of, well, the history of right. we're, if we're talking real, real time, that's generally what happens when I go into a store. That's why. I'm not go- again, I'm not going to approach anybody and say, are you a racist? Why are you asking me this? And I'm not trying to be. Uh, oh, do the right I, thing. I just went blank. I'm like I had the whole movie flash. Yeah, yeah. Like, do the right I'm thing. I'm not trying to do that. Why are there no black faces on your wall? This is their. This is their store. I don't need to know all that. Right, I'm not right. trying to get in somebody's face and be super political militant. Right, right. You need to accept me. But 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 it's not. But but see, I think I think the subtlety of what you're experiencing or rationalizing may be more harmful. Then if you just said, hey, what well, you know, why does it have to be that greeting greeting to me? Because right? I don't care. But you do Again. care or you wouldn't bring it up, right? Because we're talking about the subject. I don't harp on this. But, but if we're not talking about this, we're talking about something else. But think about this though. If you didn't care, that wouldn't stick out in your mind as an example. 
because it's a it's a common occurrence. And what I'm what I'm driving at is that whether you're from one side of the tracks or not, you are one of them. Right, right. Well, you can't you can't change the spots of your leopardness. I can't change the stripes of my tigerness. There is a history in this country that says things fall off tables. Right. There's a history of things in this country that just perpetuates that put the C on the application. Right. What this is the 80s. What are you having me put a right, C on right, an application right, right. for? Uh, you're right. Uh, and I and I get that in a, in a way I get that, but but I also think about I'll counter your Spike Lee do the right thing reference which as an aside, one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen Boomerang? Mm -hmm. Eddie Murphy. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with Martin Lawrence's character in that? Mm -hmm. So he the, goes the, the explanation of the pool ball. Yes. yes so he goes. Pool. So for for listeners who don't know what we're talking about, there's a movie called Boomerang. It's got Eddie Murphy in it, and uh, one of his friends is this guy, is Martin Lawrence, and he's always got this kind of white black conspiracy thing going. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they're they're playing pool one day and he goes, Man, I can't and, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically what he says is, Man, I can't believe you play that. That's a white game. Mm -hmm. And Eddie Murphy's like, What are you talking about? And he's like, Man, think about it. The green felt represents the earth. Mm -hmm. The white ball represents the white man. Mm -hmm. And the goal of that white man is to win the game. You gotta knock the black ball in no, your pocket. You, you gotta knock all the colored balls. Oh, that's right, all the colored the balls table. in. And then the last one to knock in is the black man right. ball. Right, right, that's right. So, I mean, if you know, there's a saying that says, if all your problems are, uh, if the only tool in your box is a hammer, then all your problems are nailed. Want to continue to harp on this, but the but the victim has to become the victor, mm -hmm. right? I mean, at some point. You can't lump everyone's actions, or you can't lump everyone in to a category because of someone's actions. I, I mean, I thought about this, and and it's an example that I wanted to use. So I grew up with a real chip on my shoulder because I came from a from a, a not so privileged neighborhood. I came up, uh, went to public school, uh, and and probably the biggest thing was. Well, two things. I'm fat, and um, I, I have a look on my face sometimes, to quote my wife, that I look like a serial killer. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate enough to be real self-aware of all those things. That, you know, I was going to deal with people in the business world that had pedigrees. You know, they wanted to know where you went to school, what you did, who you knew, where you lived, all that stuff. You know, they all went to the gym. They all had perfect haircuts, perfect clothes, all those things. And, and I recognized early on that that's how some people got ahead, right? You know, they looked the part, so they got the part. And I figured out early on that the only way, because I love the Big Mac too much to ever worry about my weight, I knew the only way I was going to succeed was I had to work harder work longer, speak better, make less mistakes, and, and really just come across great. I, 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 you know, again, to reference my man, Eric Thomas. It does not take talent. You don't have to be talented. 
right? You don't have to be gifted. You don't have to be the quickest, the strongest. You don't have to be the most intelligent to get to where I am. That's what you got to do. You just got to grind, though. Your grind, you got to outgrind. So many of you heard me say this. Your father, listen to me, might own a company. Your mama might be a millionaire. You might come from privilege. Your daddy might hook you up with a car. He might know people. He might be able to get you a job. But you will not outwork me. And my dad, God love him, taught me that early on. And, and to this day, uh, I hang on to that as a shield and a sword. You will not outwork me. I will speak better than you. I will know more than you. I will do it better than you. I will do it longer than you. I will do whatever I have to do to prove that I am capable of doing a job well. Mm-hmm. But, and, and, and now the flip side of that, I could have done like a lot of guys I know and just been like, man, these guys are never going to give me a break. I'm never going to be able to be successful. And I'm just going to be okay with that because that, that's not my fault. Or, or I could have went even further and been like, man, I hate all these people because they look at me and I'm not what they are. So I'm, I'm just going to be mad. F them. Right? Mm-hmm. So don't get me wrong. I am not trying to compare me and the, and the stereotypes and biases that I had to overcome to, to racism because it's not the same. But, but I'm saying at some point, no matter why or what you're being persecuted for, you have to try to put your destiny in your own hands. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to go, you know what? Not everybody's going to treat me this way. I just got to deal with the people that do treat me this way and overcome that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just feel like it's a two-way street to make this thing better, right? Yes. I, I, think, I think if we all exude a loving nature and a positive nature, uh, and it sucks. I mean, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not a, reflex, a reflexive nature to when somebody's showing you hate, to show them love, but I, I think it's the only way. I think it's I think it's the only solution that gets us there. That that gets us to not just have this superficial, oh, racism's over, but to truly have one voice, one unified country, it is for that to happen. I mean, recognize there's just people out there that, for numerous reasons are biased, prejudiced, bigoted, whatever words you want to use, and you can try to help them be better and, and, and recognize that you won't change them all. And guess what, though? If if we all try to be positive and, and we all try to put our best foot forward, that's a magnet. We'll attract other people that do the same. And just like a magnet that has two sides, two poles, it will push away those who, who have no desire to change. And that's what we want. Push them away. Ostracize them. Make them be the minority. Make them be the ones that are uncomfortable speaking their opinion. Not not give them fuel for the fire. Uh, and that's what I worry about. I mean, I worry about every time, you know, people want to say, oh, cops are racist because of this, that, the other. I, I think that takes people, that gives people who are truly racist ammunition to use that that fuels fire. Thanks for tuning in to Anderson Effect. Please uh, look for us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Spotify. Just look for Anderson Effect. We appreciate your patronage. 
and look forward and hope that you'll join us and tell your friends. If you love us, tell your friends. If you don't love us, tell your friends. We just want to hear from you.